time to down your unders. Down your unders. The Frontline Gaming Network brings to you Art of War. Down Under. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Hello and welcome to this episode 23 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Adam Camilleri. Welcome to from our little break that we had over the Christmas holidays. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed the last couple of episodes that we have done. You know, this is your hobby life, goodness, with Mr. Abramowitz and Mr. Reese Richard Robbins. Why his parents thought to give him three R's, who knows. But I'm joined here by the magnificent Peter the Falcon. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. Living the um, post-apocalypse tick. Post-apocalyptic dream, I would have to say. Um, <laughs> up here in the middle of nowhere, northern Alberta, nothing can phase me. It's only minus 40 degrees most of the time. Feeling good. Lovely. Well, yesterday it was 34 degrees where I am, which is somewhere in the 90s Celsius. No, sorry, Fahrenheit? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, speak, I speak the same temperature you do. I don't okay, use freedom yeah, yeah. units. Freedom, so. Yeah, freedom units or eagle, eagle dollars. Eagle um, but dollars. yeah, it was, it's, it's quite cozy here, so it's nice. Um, but I've brought you one because it's time for us to do another stats episode. Unfortunately, the wonderful third party, this Joshua Diffie, um, has been unable to join us. It's Christmas holidays for him. He does have two small children underfoot, um, so he's been unable to tune in. But he has sent us this massive data dump from um, lovingly donated and given to us by uh, BCP and also through his considerable brain powers. So we're going to be extrapolating and we're going to be updating our faction ladder, yeah. which you were, lo- you were lovely enough to join me on for the first one, Peter. What did you, what did you think about that? And how do you think it went down? Well, um, the one thing I'll say going into this is there isn't a lot of data um, mm. because you know we a lot of countries hit their second wave in the last what two months, two and a little bit yeah. since we did our last uh, did our last yeah. update. Um, so a lot of sh- countries shut down. Um, countries that are still going, they're not really doing like big GTS um, mm-hmm. for one reason or another. So we're really only looking at RTT data. I've got. About two thousand games worth, just shy of two thousand games worth of GT data since the mm-hmm. since the last time we talked. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so it's not it's... what I really really like, but um, mm. the RTT data that Diffie was able to provide kind of flushes out a little bit more what we need. We we won't be able to talk things like um, as in depth on um, like T WHIP or for average first round yeah. loss, but we can look we can deep dive like victory points and win percentages and such as well. So just to, to give you guys the lowdown, if you guys don't know what Art of War Down Under is, we are a two-part podcast, the first part being up for general consumption either on the uh, Art of War website or on the Frontline Gaming Network. If you would like to part two for this episode, and for this specific episode, we're going to be talking about the big movers and shakers, the things that have gone up and down on our faction ladder, the things that have changed, why they changed, why we expect them to change again, and what it's going to take to really shake things up for certain factions. So we're really going to be deep diving into more, it's semi-anecdotal, but really giving you guys our insights into why we think things will change and what we expect to see moving forward. But uh, yeah, if you're interested in any of that, please find us on Patreon, Art of War underscore down under, um, or on theartofwar40k.com, brand new website where you can buy our podcast and the regular Art of War podcast for a discount on both. Um, you get that bundle deal. But Peter, there's, there's this weird thing that you and I are doing together. Maybe we should tell the people about that. I mean, it is it is a bit weird, but I think it's super exciting. Um, we are going to be launching the Las Vegas Nopen um, when uh, Frontline Gaming uh, announced that the Las Vegas Open was not going to happen, which most of us believed was going to be the case for a couple months going into this, but we had to wait for the word. Um, Paul Murphy, uh, myself, 
you, Val Heffelfinger, Antonio Pierce, all of us that kind of helped put together um, the Ocho uh, coverage from the LVO of, uh, you know, one year past, decided we would get together and try to give people a replacement if we could. So we created the Las Vegas Open. It's a 16 player, um, well, sorry, 16 list, more player, um, a single elimination tournament that is going to be hosted all online. Um, all of the players involved are streamers of some renown or another, whether they are considered top tier players or just have huge stream followings. Um, these are all people that are known in the community. And so they're going to be hosting games internally via their own channels. We are going to rehost them with uh, yourself, Adam, and and Paul Murphy uh, doing commentary over top. We're gonna we're going to basically stream two games at a time, and uh, we're going to kind of show off what all these kind of top tier players would have brought to the LVO had they been able to attend. Yeah, so we're really kind of like. So people who don't know the LVO, it's the biggest tournament in the world. And um, if you don't know it, why don't you know it? But it usually boils down to a top eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're going to double that. We're going to be starting pretty much at the shadow round, aren't we? Um, yeah. We're going to start with a top 16. We're asking all these these big note gamers, big note streamers and players to bring what they would have brought to the LVO. Um, and to they're going to play them for us. And we're going to boil it down from the, essentially from the shadow round to a top two. Now, this isn't indicative of what would happen if we were to hold a, you know, if there was a 1,000-player event. There's no way we can replicate that. What we can hopefully do is give you guys some content, something worth watching to let you feel like you're part of the community and something big to start to both end what was a, a tragically non-event of a year, hopefully start mm-hmm. something much better. Yeah, and, and we're really excited for it. I mean, some of the names um, that we've got on this, we've got um, previous LVO winners in the wings get, uh, that are going to be participating, several of them, um, a mm. number of, uh, I believe, over half of the players involved have been in the LVO Top 8 at least once, if not more than once. Um, a lot of other players are major and GT winners. It's um, it's it's going to be a really competitive show. Um, the big thing for us, though, was how to make it work um, like on this worldwide scale. Um, yeah. Because we can't exactly get everyone together because coronavirus exists. It was either pay everyone uh, to fly them to like New Zealand or Australia to play, <laughs> um, which not in my budget, my little stats budget's like $200. Um, or we can get them to play internally in their homes, but then transfer their list. So this is something that's got a, a few, few people stumped when they've heard the story. They're, they're trying to figure out if this is going to be on TTS or whatnot. But the, the, the concept is um, and uh, Hellstorm Wargaming did a really good video on this. Actually, if you want to check them out, they he uh, Mikey explains it all in full. It's an amazing video. Um, but you'll have, let's say, the two guys from Tabletop Titans, Brian and Adrian. They're going to po- uh, post host a game. When they're done, the, let's say Brian wins that game with his I don't know what he's going to bring, Blood Angel, Tau, whatever. Mm. He's going to send his list to somebody else to go into round two. And that might be that he sends it off to um, like Steven box from Vanguard tactics. Maybe yep. he sends it off to some other, some other player that we haven't announced yet. Um, but they will pick up that list in round two and they're going to play a, a, like someone within their own uh, stream bubble um, with another one of the round one winners. And so this way we mm. keep things moving. We're doing a lot of discussion with all the participants to make sure that armies are available for everyone. So this, so the logistics of this should work out. Um, and yeah, we're going to have a ball with it. Dude, I, I can't wait. It's a fantastic initiative 
that uh, well, it, essentially you and Val cooked it up and got it off the ground. Fantas- fantastic initiative by both of you. Very, very, very pleased to be a part of it. Myself and Paul Murphy, you can look forward to us. If you want to uh, commentating all throughout goodness, if you want to listen to what we did last time, you can go over to, it was at the, it's Stats Center 40K on Twitch. 40K Stats Center on Twitch. Yeah. And that's where yeah. we will be hosting the Las Vegas Open as well. So you might as well follow it right now to get ready and get prepped. Um, most of our videos from the LVO are going to be there. Um, yeah, and another thing that I, I, we failed to mention this whole time is this is all going to also be for charity. Um, we've decided to take donations. We're going to have prize draws, raffles, um, and there's, go, there's a, just a, a, a flat fundraiser happening for a, a group called Global Giving. It's a charity. Yep. Um, they're kind of like a, a super charity. They're, they have a very high char- charity navigator rating for being um, – for like uh, being very um, visible and open about how they handle everything, and their biggest uh, their biggest kind of sub charity they're they're helping right now is a coronavirus relief fund where they're trying to raise about seventeen million dollars to make sure that doctors and nurses get the PPE that they require around the world in in uh, cities and countries that uh, are struggling to do so. So it's a, a really good cause given what's going on. Given the reason why LVO didn't happen, we figure it's a good place yeah. to help out. Absolutely right. And on, to, on top of that, we're, we're still trying to work out the logistics of how you make donations, whether that's through the usual channels, as you would, let's say you're watching a Tabletop Titans game and you give a super chat, whether that's we're just going to be taking all donations donated in the period of the LV and Open and then putting that towards charity, or, or do we have something figured out for that already, Pete? We have half of it figured out. So when it comes to... <laughs> To flat donations, if you just want to give, um, that's already been set up. If you go to www.lasvegasnopen.net, we do have a charity link, and it, it explains the full charity. If you want more information on what you'd be giving money to, um, it gives their full charity navigator profile, so you can you know feel assured that this isn't some kind of scam. And then lastly, there is a link um, to the fundraiser itself. You can click on that, and you can just flat out donate. Um, no strings attached. You just type in, put in the money, and it goes straight to them. It doesn't go through like myself or anybody else first. Yeah, it just it it gets dumped right in their bank. When it comes to raffles and things like that, um, we have we have the infrastructure in place. We're just waiting to get all the prizes and such lined up, which we should expect um, within the next week, and we'll start announcing them um, in yeah. the new year. So this is only going to get bigger as well. Who knows? Like, yeah, I mean, we've um, only been working on this for like. A week. It was like days. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I kind of went really hard in the paint to try and make this happen as early as possible. So uh, and Mm -hmm. it's I've been very thankful for like the support of you and Paul and all these streamers because I don't think there's been a single streamer we've gone to um, that didn't just immediately say yes. Um, Yeah, exactly right. And there's so many that have come to me since we announced that are like, I want to help out. How can I help out? And I'm running out of stuff for them to do. I'm like, well, I don't know right now. Like it's. It's uh, the response has been overwhelmingly positive, and I love it. Fantastic. Well, let's get on to why we're here. Apart from, of course, spruiking the amazing things that hopefully us and our community are doing together, we're here to talk about a faction letter. Yes. So, the, the, me, me and I have, I have, you know, part of Art of War Down Under is I have an incredible access to both Peter and his incredible brain, and also Joshua Diffie and his also incredible brain. And to combined, I put their brains together, and I tr- every now and then I try and crap out a faction ladder for you guys, literally just based on stats, win, loss, how good you are on the table, how many times you can um, win a single game. Mm-hmm. And so we, 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 put a, we, we put the factions in from bottom to top, as we did last time, and then we chucked them into what we believe to be their tiers, e.g. C tier, B tier, A tier, S tier. I'm, I'm kind of uh, going to talk to Peter a little bit about S tier in, in part two, because I want to talk to you about the validity of, of a, having an actual S tier, or whether that should just be 
ATA. But we'll go into that as a discussion for another time because that might take us 20 minutes in and of itself. But as, for, <laughs> as to our last faction ladder, I'm, I'm going to reel it off, Peter, straight straight off the bat. Um, in our C tier, we had Craftworld Elder, Tau, Dark Angels, Necrons, Astra Militarum, Chaos Space Marines, and Imperial Knights. <laughs> now, straight straight off the bat there, this, there's a lot in here that is going to have changed. Most notably, we expect Dark Angels to have changed significantly, right? Yes. So, so if we're going to go from the bottom to the top, I would say now, um, Dark Angels... I think a Necrons. lot of people thought Dark Angels would have been an S-tier army based off of the fact mm-hmm. that um, uh, having Transhuman on all their Terminators is redonkulous. Um, mm-hmm. They haven't put up those results yet. They've put up good results. We've seen a couple of second and third place finishes. At RTTs, they're doing well um, as well. Hey. Um, <laughs> but they, they've only hit about a 52% win rate. Their average victory points isn't super amazing. Um oh. And the GT level, since since their index has been out, um, what I'm seeing is like their um, average first round loss is better. It's it is definitely slightly above two, but they're kind of right now in the same mix as most Marines that aren't white scars. White scars, um, yeah. They like so they're good. They're above well, average. I put them in like an A tier right now. Ah, you're giving it all away, baby. No, sorry. So, no, I, okay. I figure I figure this is how we should do it. Is we'll yeah, just, absolutely right. We'll just change we'll as we go. And then we can and then we'll run through the whole thing. You got it. Um, what about what about Necrons? Necrons were C tier. We had they they yes. were in the dumps. They were bottom but, bottom of the barrel. And if, in case people haven't listened to the last episode, the reason we did an episode three months ago from from around now is so we could do one at the end of the year that was post Codexes, that was mm-hmm. post Space Marines. It's now post Space Marines, Blood Angel, Space Wolves, and Necrons. It was hopeful. It was hopefully post Dark. Um, um, Death Guard as well, but, but that didn't happen. COVID happened, and yeah, we'll see how we go. So we should be doing another one, probably, or depending on how active the community gets, January, February, March. It could could be another one in February. Could be another one in March. We'll <laughs> see how we go. But yeah, Necrons, crazy, Necrons. like crazy that there was C tier. How big have they shot up here? I'm expecting oh. B plus A plus yes, somewhere and, in that region. And, and I think you're you're right. So dark, uh, where Dark Angels kind of went up to that, like 52 percent win rate, very mm-hmm. indicative of good marines necrons even better we're seeing them sit at about a 54 55 win rate which is kind of just below Jeez. that like those top numbers yeah. um the limited secondaries access we have from both bcp and from the itc battles app because we can take a look there and see some other stuff their faction secondaries are performing very well not taken mm-hmm. a lot but when they are taken um they're scoring very highly um I- it's weird. Their faction secondary seem to be a confidence pick. the the the, yes. the better I'm seeing the better I'm seeing people get with Necrons, the more often I'm seeing them getting picked. Yes, and, and that's I think that might be indicative. Like it might be that the longer in the tooth we go with that codex, the more powerful those secondaries become. Because unlike Oath, they're not just auto points. You don't just yeah. be like, oh, cool, I exist. Give me the points. Thank you. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> but uh, it's a big problem. <laughs> but um, yes, it's but, very cool to see. Uh, yeah, Necrons. I would definitely put them. In the A tier, if we're gonna mm. if we're gonna go that route, I think that I think they are solidly low A tier. They haven't gotten a, a GT win yet. They did have one undefeated. It was a rather odd uh, GT event. Um, and the the list that uh, that did it, it had some some weirdly low scoring games. Um, the guy ended up coming in second place. But um, yeah, so yep. um, the Silver Tide list with um, Silent King and. 40 or so, 40 to 60 Necron Warriors definitely has legs. We're seeing some Crypt deck lists come out with some serious punch too. Pretty yeah. exciting to see like when when this gets nailed down, what it's going to look like. 
I agree. As for the other ones in that in that uh, C tier, have Craft World moves at all? Have, have Chow stayed pretty static in the same? Uh, Craft World has definitely stayed as like the absolute worst faction in the game. Um, and that makes me uh, so happy. I'm, I'm I'm pretty glad. I'm happy yeah. that they they are getting some t- some legitimate time at the bottom. Maybe that's maybe that's because of COVID. COVID yeah. has meant they haven't got the updates that they needed to kind of change that status. But I think we can all be like, literally, since six 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 edition six edition. So like nine years, essentially a decade. They were what we would have considered S tier, right? Oh yeah, almost, almost like maybe a, a drop for like a week or two. Although if you talk yeah. to <laughs> players, um, they they will say that it's it's been that way forever. We just didn't know any better, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, because like their their codex is always bad to them until they win like the LVO with it, and then they're like, okay, it was good for a minute. What about the other two in that? So with the other three in that, Astromill Time, have they moved at all? Astromill Terrum really hasn't seen very much movement. Chaos Space Marines, the same. They're still very low. We haven't really seen any um, good lists come out for them. A couple of RTT performances that were okay, um, but we're talking like very small 10, 12 man lists, right? So, yeah, well, it, it just seems that apart from like Mark Perry, I don't know anybody who's actually running CSM. CSM, everyone's running either a, a flavor of Death Guard or Tsons. Yeah, with the with like a usually a heaving hefty hefty portion of demons. Where it's, demons, exactly you know, like right. Twelve hundred points of demons plus a little bit of Death Guard on the side. Um, I can't really, actually. I, I can't actually remember the last time I saw a CSM primary list come across my nose that I thought was in any way intimidating. So that, that's a really big problem with that faction, isn't it? It doesn't seem like there's any direction. No, there's, no fla- like, there's no real flavor either. No, and that's that. Like, there's a lot of problems with that. Like um, Black Legion probably has their most options, but um, it's not good. Um, Noise Marines are very solid, but with only one wound, they die to like a stiff breeze. Exactly. Um, yeah. So maybe once everything gets their second wound, we'll start seeing a little bit more excitement coming from the CSM side. But yeah, CSM is it- definitely still kind of bottom of the, the, the barrel. Isn't it hilarious that noise marines are like one of the best counters to demons? Isn't that yeah, just funny? That is it's just, yes. yeah. So so chaos. Um, what about the last one there? So knights. Have, have, has anything anything changed in, in knights? The Forge World came out with a little bit of hype. A lot of the people were getting keyed up for the Moiraxes, the, the Knight Styrix, and the Majera, which all look incredible on paper. Mm-hmm. But has, has that changed the metrics in any way? Knights, um, like post Marine Codex, post Necrons. They haven't really gotten a big lift yet. We're seeing a lot of people talk about it. Uh, in, like in my channels, um, the Megara has gotten a lot of love. Yeah, uh, same. And, and you can see it. Like a flat three damage uh, stomp is uh, amazing, but it's really hard uh, to figure out what to pair them with. They had one uh, GT top four recently. That was with Admech, wasn't it? With the, yeah, it had like 15 Serpus Raiders. It's 15 Raiders plus three yeah. big knights. Um, so that that's definitely a thing. We're also seeing like um, people side-eyeing uh, the Death Corps Kree uh, horses as another possible option because they're blatantly <laughs> impossible to kill. Um, my mate, my good man, Mitch Pelham, will be like, no, Peter, you're <laughs> letting out the genie. <laughs> but never mind. But uh, like, so those are both both solid options uh, um, to kind of field with your knights. But we really haven't seen a crazy results. They're sitting at about a 47% win rate. So it's not terrible. Um, I don't think... Like for me, when we're rating this system, this I guess, you know what, let's talk a little bit about the rating system and, and why we're putting things in the place we are. For me, C tier is a is an army that can't win. 
It's not going to yeah. win a, a GT. You might win an RTT with it, but you're never winning a GT with it unless you get like the most lucky in the whole world or you are such a high level player and you walked into like the smallest pond you've ever seen and you just clubbed baby seals because they didn't understand the rules. Um, that's what C tier is to me. I don't think it's a GT winning. Po- I don't think it's even possible. Um, B tier is what I would call a list that could possibly win a, uh, a GT um, has a decent chance of going top yeah. four. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm exactly on the same train as you. C tier literally has no chance. Even yeah. with like the best bunny run and a great pilot, it's still unlikely you exactly. win a, a GT. B tier with a great pilot, well thought out list and the right run, absolutely can do it. A tier, it's likely you do it. S tier, you're probably going to do it. Like mm-hmm. if you if you're a good player, good list, and a good run, yeah. you got a good chance. Exactly. Um, so I would I'm like knights. I think if I'm going to rate them, I probably keep them in C tier, but they're they're higher than the rest. They're, well, like, they have a better chance of anybody else because of this Forge World infusion. Yeah, they've still got that gatekeeper quality to them, don't they? Exactly. So, like, you, there's going to be some sometimes. So maybe that makes them a low B tier rather than a high eight, a high C. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I would see them right now. They're sub fifty percent win rate. They don't really they don't put put up that ama- that uh, that great numbers. Um, the one thing I will say is when they win, they do win big. Their average uh, winning VP is almost eighty four. That's um, when they go first, right? That's usually yeah. when they go first. Usually, yes. It's also in <laughs> but that's the highest of any faction in the game that has any kind of like an amount of games played. Um, wow. Okay. Eighty-four. So, like, when they win, they win, but they they lose a lot. Um, so, yeah, I I would probably you know what I'm going to say. Let's keep them in C for now. Um, but don't be mad if you think they're B guys. Like, don't be mad at me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, Megara like <laughs> is really good. There's a couple other Forge World oh. Knights that are super. Like, yeah. they might do it, but I don't. I don't feel it. All right, on to our B tier. So, starting off here, this is one I expect to have shifted quite a bit. Blood Angels. Blood this Angels. This was pre pre Codex Blood Angels. But man, Blood Angels Index mm-hmm. was phenomenal. It was, <laughs> it was pretty it was powerful. Absolutely incredible. No sanguinary discipline, but just like. Raw efficiency was incredible. Mm. Um, when we got their codex, it kept that raw efficiency, got some interesting stratagems. It's a it's kind of a boring army, I would say, but it it's just very good, right? It only like, has one, it only has one mode, doesn't it? It only has one gear. It seems too, yeah. Like Sanguinary Guard are absolutely spectacular. And then it's got yeah. all the other stuff that are good that's like just good for combat marines. Um and we're not seeing the results yet. We're seeing a lot of top-level players that aren't able to attend games talking up yeah. Blood Angels, like as if they are the best or you know in the top three or four. Best. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, like Tabletop Titans did a whole video where they're like, "We're pretty sure Blood Angels are the best army in the game right now." Um, we've seen some other people say the same, um, but the results haven't been in. Like they're sitting at like a, a mid forty percent win rate at GT and at RTT level. Um, mm. Like they're. Uh, we're not, and we're not seeing any like top level results. Um, yeah, I uh, sorry, I think they're up to about a forty eight. So they've they've jumped up about two or three percentage points. Um, is that enough to to get them out of B into A, or is that still still solid in the B B plus? I think they're solid in the B. Um, if, if we just look solely at numbers, I think there's yeah. an argument you could say they're A because of all. Like, if we want to use anecdotal evidence, we're nah, just saying, like no. these guys are super powerful based off all these other people's performances. Um, mm. Or discussions i should say not performances um but we're not seeing the results yet so that's more of a we'll say there we'll stay there saying in b with the caveat of well, we expect this to be shut up by in the next three months to six months that's um, the that's the that would be the hope now it could be 
that they require so much more skill because they don't have any tricks or they have very few tricks. True. And true, true, true. So, sorry. We have a term over here called a, a scrub stomper. Yeah. <laughs> or a, uh, a seal a seal buster or a breaker. Um, they seem like the possibly the best version of that. Like if you are a somebody of equal skill playing or somebody equal skill, you can just swamp overwhelm them at, at any point if you're playing Blood Angels. And that's, that seems to be the case. Uh, as for how good they get when a top-tier player plays them, because that is literally of the same whiff and scent that uh, White Scars have, but White Scars have the duality of also being a ridiculously good shooting army for mm-hmm. no apparent reason whatsoever. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's interesting. So I think we, we chuck a caveat next to them, like Blood Angels are in the in the B tier with an asterisk that they will certainly have changed by the next time we revisit them. That's um, the hope, yeah. Next one's Tyranids. Tyranids. I think, mm. they're still, I think they're still, I think last time when we talked at the end, I said I'm probably rated Tyranids too high as a B tier army. Um, yeah. But now I think they're solidly there. Solidified, yeah. They're, they stayed at about a 48% win rate, um, which is something when I look at numbers, I've always been like between 46 and 54. That range is a healthy range for a faction. Yeah. Usually when they're in that range, they can win an event. Uh, the lower end, obviously, it only has maybe one or two lists they're able to do it or require a very specific player. Um, but yeah, I think Tyranids are very solid in B, mainly because of Forge World. Um, getting access to the Dimacaron is like mm-hmm. a huge boost for them. Oh, phenomenal. It just it turned them into a, a, a pseudo-demons army uh, for yeah. all intents and purposes. Now, what, what's really exciting there is that they get that, all of a sudden they feel like a true duality army again. It used to be that you only had the two archetypes. Oh, are you all monsters? And e.g., you can't play the mission, win a mission. Or are you all gaunts and you're just bored out of your brains but you win the mission? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it feels like you can do a bit of both. You can still take your 100, 150 bodies and you can still have these three big behemoths in your list, maybe backed up by some, you know, broodlords or whatnot, or yep. whatever your flavor may be. And that's not a bad army. It's not, it, it wins a mission, it, it smashes your opponent to bits, and, you know, it might not be the best out there, but it, at least it feels well-rounded now. It feels like the, the big old dim sim, the Dimacaron, was actually a void that needed to be filled. Yeah, no, I agree. It they're very they very they feel very much like um like a Slanesh demon army. I yeah. think that um like they have the same speed. Um they don't have maybe the same tricks, but they have different tricks, right? Like onslaught makes yeah. makes those those demons so fast. And I think the bigger thing for Tyranids is the option to move into shooting to take an Exocrine or to take um Hot uh, God. Like a yeah, a squad of hive guard to add into these like double or triple demo lists. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see if Tyranids uh, get a big boost once people buy their Chinese versions of Dimacarons uh, because <laughs> uh, you can't get it in Forge World. So if you start seeing like a big increase in them, people didn't find them in closets, boys and girls. That's not where this came from, anyway. So, but uh, as for the actual data, the raw data we're seeing for Tyranids, has it shifted much from last time? Um, they're about the same. They've gone up a time a smidge, but we haven't seen a lot of events uh, bring in Forge World as well. Forge World kind of came out a little bit after uh, Necrons and Marines, right? A few weeks later. Um, So we haven't gotten the full impact, especially because a lot of Forge World stuff, it it was like immediately sold out once the Codex dropped. Um, So yeah, I I think this is partly hobby lag and and partly um, like money, like Rona and money, right? Like it's it's not cheap to buy three Nemas unless you um, buy them from (laughs) some dude in Shanghai, so... That's right. Well, once we get further down the list, we'll talk about. I'll, I'll mention the 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 emission that wasn't in here last time, which I think can be attributed to hobby lag almost entirely. But mm-hmm. that's for our next faction, Renegade Knights. We've already talked about regular knights, and Renegade Knights we know from last time had this huge of the same of Imperial Knights had this huge win. When they do win, they absolutely mm-hmm. club 
But have they shifted at all, do you think, in the metrics? Like, is there is the actual win percentage up or down from last time? It's about the same. They're sitting at about a 50... Actually, it's a little bit better. They're sitting at almost a 52% win rate, um, but not a, not a whole lot of games, right? Like, they're, they're not a popular faction. Um, yeah. But yeah, so 52, uh, they, it's only about 100 games. If you look at a, like a GT level, they did drop a little bit, but the RTT yep. stuff is still very strong. Um, so I would say they are probably fine in in the like the lower B tier kind of like they're they're just a smidge better than standard imperial knights not a why lot do you think that, why do you think that is why do you think there's any difference whatsoever oh, you would you would assume though because because imperium has the deeper pockets in which to ally in that you know imperial knights would have the better of it but yeah I, yet renegades is, is heads up heads above i think it's in uh, infernal getting that access to that plus 1 damage on weapons is is big a lot of uh, Yep, especially in a meadow that has pivoted into toughness five, three wound bodies, hasn't it? Exactly. So having like uh, uh, damage three Avenger Gatling cannons, damage three, um, what the gun that the uh, Castigator has, um, yeah. stuff like that, um, just it, it puts you over that line that you need to be at to do some damage if you go first. Uh, Renegade Knights are definitely a, a go first army against a lot of the stuff <laughs> in, the, in this meta. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, that's that's really all it is. is um, is they can kill Marines slightly faster than their Imperial brothers. No, totally fair choice. Next, we have Ultramarines. So we have the first first, first Space Marine, first Astartes comes mm -hmm. up, probably solidly in the middle to, to B-plus range. Um, have they shifted at all? Has anything changed for them? Um, at a GT level, I'd say they're probably A-tier now. Um, if you look oh, at... Snap. If yep. you look at their RTT results, it hasn't been super great. They're actually like the worst performing uh, Marine faction post-Marine Codex. Um, yep. But when we look at uh, the few GTs we have had, we've had a number of top four performances from them, um, uh, like several top tables where they went 4-0 and then lost in the final round. Um, like there are lists that are definitely working for Ultramarines, um, mm -hmm. usually pivoted around Redemptor Dreadnoughts, um, Bobby G., um, Thomas Bird does weird stuff with Hellblasters. Don't play Hellblasters, people. But, um, <laughs> like he's a good player, so he can just make that work. Like, there's a lot of a good, and then um, we're seeing some like mixed marine, ultramarine with like space wolves or blood angels for like this. Yeah. Um, make them just that one inch faster, um, which can be a big difference. Bobby G plus a Wrath of Ball banner uh, plus three inches of movement for all your jump pack guys. Um, that's not a a bad little detachment to add to a, an yeah. ultramarines list. Slinging Vanguard veterans just that much faster seems just seems to be just good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. That is that is, that is uh, the first of the Marines, and that's been a direct correlate, direct increase from probably middling B to straight to A. So we can yeah. expect to see more yeah. of the same. This is an interesting one, Jakari. So well, it's, it, please, everyone, note where this is right now. This is somewhere in the middle to upper B tier, which I think mm -hmm. is probably which was we it was also or, already higher than we thought it was when we did this first one because we thought Drakari would be somewhere lower B into the C's. But uh, yeah, they were very solid into the B tier. Has anything changed? I would say we can drop them down to to C. Um, I hate yeah, to I do probably, it. Um, mm. They're not seeing very much uh, GT play. They're at about a fifty percent win rate in GTs, um, but like their average first round loss is very low. They have like and and when I say they're at just above fifty, it's like three people that have that have taken them um, because they've kind of dropped off. Um, yeah, forty eight percent win rate at RTT level. Their their average VP is is pretty low. Um, they're struggling a bit. I don't I don't think that the I think there's good lists and you can surprise Marines because of their damage output. Um, 
but I, I don't think they I don't think they have it anymore. I don't think they can perform at that level yet anymore. Mm. So, well, I, I do 100% agree. 100% agree. I can't look at a single Drakari lister or try and conjure or build one that I think can hold any candle to um, the, the A tiers, let alone the S tiers. Yeah. So I, I, I would be fine to drop them down to C. But interesting, to, in, the, in the same vein, the Tyranids got a lot from Forge World. Funnily enough, Drakari actually got quite a bit as well. The Tantalus, Tantalus is a fearsome thing now. Is a beast. And that that might be what keeps them in the B tier. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like when, when we kind of look at this again in the future. But I would, right now, I'd say they're 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 solid C. Um but you know, good things are coming. They're supposed to get a codex. I guess it's February now. Um, yeah, and maybe that will be what they need. Asterix next to them as well. But by next time we do them, they hopefully have jumped up considerably. Uh, but we are just jumping into the A tier, and the first of these is the Grey Knights. Um, yeah, they, the GKs they took, are there. GKs are there. They took a big, I think, um, with the Space Marine Codex drop and Necrons. I feel. Some people disagree with me, but if you look at the numbers, it it seems to hold. Green Knights aren't there anymore. Green Knights are very good at killing stuff that isn't Marines. Is the I was problem. about to say, yeah. If there was going to be a direct counter, it's not coming. From, we know it's not coming from from uh, the Xenos. It's going to mm-hmm. be either from other Marines or it's going to be from Demons. And uh, funny enough. Yeah, both demons and marines are big problems for Grey Knights. Yeah. And who would have thought that um that essentially Necrons just double down on that as well? Yeah. Um, and Necrons are just really well placed into Grey into Grey Knights, I believe. So yeah, they're they're still sitting as probably like an A minus at the moment, or I think they've dropped into the B. I would say they're at least a B. Um, from a numbers perspective, they're like a forty four percent win rate post. post like you could probably drop them to C, and it might not be wrong. The only reason why I wouldn't is because in very competent hands, like we've seen Richard Siegler play some pretty solid games with them and some other people, like they can they can do work, um, but they have some really terrible matchups. Uh, and particularly when Marines are 30% of your meta, that can't be a bad matchup you can have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Marines that have no incentive to take a Psycho. It's just like, oh, cool. I'm playing a mirror match and I'm starting 15 points down. Yeah. Yeah. You're starting 15 um, points down. You're, you're mostly Storm Bolters and crappy Smites yeah. and um, yeah. hoping for the best, right? So. Uh, on that note, we will take a commercial break. We'll be right back with the rest of the ATR after these messages from these wonderful people with marketing through the Frontline Game Network. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. And we are back. Still got the Peter here. That's me. Kaka. Falcon the Peter Calissimo. Um, but next up in A tier, the Space Pups, who also got a Codex. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure if they would have moved much. I think that they dropped. I think um, Space Wolves probably got worse wow, with the for the second over their index, if I'm, if I'm being honest. For the second for, time in a row. For the um, second time in, in two editions. They've gotten worse after their Codex. Who would have thought? That's ridiculous. <laughs> How much, what, what's, what's the canyon like? What's the cavity? Well, they lost access to some pretty powerful stratagems when their Codex dropped, right? Um, the Index has still kept their like um, Super Bites on their Thunderwolves and a few yep. other really cool things. But they lost those. They don't have access to the uh, probably the most powerful unit in the Space Marine Codex, the Apothecary. Um mm-hmm. 
And so those are two big knocks, losing like most of their best strategies in that. Um, it's not to say that Space Wolves can't win a win a, an event. Um, I think that they're really solidly beat here because they can steamroll a person with like a Thunderwolf Cavalry list um, and and just win off of uh, good matchups. But they have mm-hmm. a lot of bad matchups now, uh, losing access oh. to some powerful stratagems. So yeah, the the fact they don't get the apothecary, which I mean, it's nonsensical to me that they uh, it, they make they they make great characters. You can make great mm-hmm. characters, and you have one super good super good unit and then some some other good units but apart from the characters which are admittedly like thunderwolf uh sorry space wolf characters are some of the best in the game they're, they're some of the most killy most powerful buffing characters you're going to find anywhere but it seems absolutely hollow after that doesn't it yeah and and that's it right you have thunderwolf cav you have that um you can make an argument for wolf guard which are just kind of the same as vanguard vets which are also good like yeah. like they have the, the stuff from the space spring codex other than the apothecary like you could make an argument that they should be an A because they're Space Marines, right? Like that's a thing you can just say is like, hey, Space Marines, if you're not playing White Scars, you probably can win by making a White Scars list, but running it and saying it's Space Wolves, and it's probably not yeah. terrible. Um, but yeah, like they like they're sitting at about a forty six percent win rate at at the RTT level uh, post getting all their Codex goodness, um, and basically the same at a G, at a GT level. Um, yeah, they're just not pulling out pulling that weight like they like I think a lot of people hoped they would. Um, yeah, forty five percent win rate at, at a GT level. So I would say they're solidly B tier. Yeah, they are. That's really that's really sucks. So both Grey Knights and Space Wolves have dropped out of the A tier into the B. Uh, Grey Knights not so much as a surprise. Space Wolves I expected to stay the same or drop a little bit. I didn't expect them to leave the A tier, but yeah, forty five percent win rate. Terrible. It's actually actually <laughs> terrible. Um, but onto another Astartes, Iron Hands. Yes. Iron Hands are interesting. Um, they're always solid. They're not performing at a GT level. Well, they have 40% win rate if, if we're looking at GTs. Wow. Not over a ton of games, right? So we can't really take a whole lot into that. Um, if we look at, at an RTT level, Iron Hands are performing much better, about a 52%. They're actually seeing some play at RTT level. There is a like a, a an Iron Hands Dreadnought list that definitely has some legs. We're seeing like a redemptor combo with with a leviathan or another or a relic contemptor um getting kind of getting bandied about and it it's definitely strong um because that minus one damage plus all the buffs that you can toss on it with character etc from iron hands um i think there's all i think we can probably safely keep them in the a tier um because they, they do still perform. They're Iron Hands. They're stalwart. I don't think they're S tier by any means, but like they're they're decent. Still, still solid. Hey, next one up from them is actually Admech. Now, this is one I expect to have changed positively. We mm-hmm. talked a few, like literally, apart from the C tier guys who got codexes, C tier's pretty much stayed the same. B tier stayed relatively the same. A tier, a couple have dropped out, but I expect this one to have gone up. I, I, has Admech like shown its true colors yet? It has and it hasn't. At a GT level, it definitely has started to see a spike. Um, I think last time we talked, Admech was sitting at about a 54% win rate uh, at yeah. the GT level. It's at about a 56 now. It does have it. It did get its first GT win. Damien Owens running a like a breacher spam list, but as uh, Mars rather than as um, uh, the like the the data uh, node trans node power whatever. Um. So they have seen some good performances at a, at a GT level. RTT level, not so much. They're kind of sitting in the high 40s. I would say mm-hmm. they're still solidly A tier. I wouldn't put them S tier yet. 
um, but they're getting there. Rickard Nelson's still putting up good results with yeah. his like um, Electro Priest spam. They're definitely an army that can win an event. We've seen it now. They've got lots of top fours. Um, I don't think they're as good as like the three or four factions in the S tier. Yeah, I think they're still a little bit ways off, just, and that's most just below, like smidge. Yeah, exactly. I think they're they're definitely an A, and most likely an A plus. Mm-hmm. Um, they only like if 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 they get a codex, I'm actually fearful for them. Funnily mm-hmm. enough, I feel like they've got, a, they've got a bit of a House of Cards build going on at the moment, and um, if any one of their their two or three key units cops a bit of a nerf bat or a yeah. bit of a change in metrics, it could all come down. We'll see what happens though. Now this one, this is going to be funny. Imperial <laughs> fists. <laughs> oh, yeah, they they sunk like a rock. They they're definitely, I would say, they are probably the worst of the marine factions. Maybe not from a numbers perspective, um, uh, but that's uh, like they. Like a forty-one percent win rate. They just yeah. Has anyone? Has anyone well, firstly, sorry. is anybody playing them post like, post codex? We've seen four results at a GT level, um, okay, with thirty-six percent win rate. Um, so absolutely terrible right. at a GT level. Um, <laughs> at an RTT level, they're at a forty-three. Um, they've they've got about thirty people that have that have run them. Um, so they're not like the worst of the worst. They're they're the worst of the worst at a GT from a GT experience, and I think it's because you have to tailor your list so explicitly to get anything out of running them as Imperial Fists that it's not worth it, right? Like to, yeah. to pump out the strength seven or whatever you need now uh, to make it function. Just just don't do it. Run something simpler, <laughs> like. Well, because yeah, all of a sudden you're looking at oh wow, I got to take three units of suppressors. Why not just take them as all these other three better options, um, exactly. and then I don't have to make a ridiculous army. But so, so yeah, they they're sitting what B minus B B B plus because I don't think that I don't think any Astartes can make it to the C tier, can they? Yeah, I think that's the only thing is I don't think Astartes should be C tier just because they're Astartes. <laughs> um, but like, if there was one that should be C tier, it's them. I put them at B. I'll do- well, dude, if the if the we're going strictly off the percentages here, so on the percentages, yes, dump them in they're C. Dump them in C. Here. There they go. They went straight from A to C in like three months. That's pretty hilarious. Uh, next one from there is the custodies. So close to both our hearts, I think we both have a very soft spot mm-hmm. for custodes. I know that most of the community has a soft spot for custodes. Um, what's changed? They still sitting around the same. I think that um, with Admech, they are this like. Um, borderline S tier army. They don't get the results um, that we uh, like that I think people would expect at GT level. Um, they still see extensive play. They're one of the most played factions in the game. They are regular like four and oneers. Um, Ryan Snyder, like the the famous Ares gunship player, has uh, has put up some amazing results. And his latest list that I've seen um, at a few RTTs that he's run. Um, I really like, and I think it has a really strong matchup into Marines. In fact, that's the, I think that's the thing that's putting custodies up at a GT level is that people have kind of finally figured out a list that, that works into Marines. And it's not that it kills them. It's that it, it, you can stack so many buffs on yourself that they have a hard time killing you, removing rerolls from, from your opponent, um, you know, filling your, your board with uh, toughness six and toughness seven bodies. Um, They just can't, like all the plasma and lightning claws and things they, that a lot of these marine lists are taking, they just bounce, right? Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I'd say they're like a firm A tier, and um, they could possibly bump to S eventually. But right now, yeah, I think they're very, very firmly in that A tier. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't see them going anywhere from where they are at the moment. Um, 
next up from there is orcs. Now, this is this is still something that surprises people. I don't, it didn't surprise me as much um, when orcs were in the A tier originally, but uh, they've put up some incredible results. And some of the people who are playing them and sticking by them, the stalwarts of the the uh, the Green Tide community, they just seem to be just plugging, 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 finding ways and means to make lists that work. Um, but yeah, are they sitting about the same? Are they still A tier? Have they dropped down, gone up? They've dropped a little bit. I think an argument could definitely be made based off their numbers that they are uh, a B tier faction now. Um, yep. The changes to Marines were enough um, uh, post Codex, I think. And I, th- I think more importantly, the rise of Necrons. Necrons are a hard, hard counter for a lot of work lists, um, oh, yeah. especially that green, the uh, like this quote unquote silver tide, because it's basically a, what a lot of these work lists do right now, but better. Um, they put out so many shots; they're hard to kill. Um, they, they really the only thing they don't have is the mobility um, that orcs do with, yeah. with uh, teleporting. With uh, you know what I'm trying to say, teleporting and here we yeah. go, etc. Um, but otherwise, yeah. So I would I would say orcs are still capable of winning. Um, they've definitely still been putting up uh, the occasional uh, top four result um, and win, but. Um, it's much harder for them. I would, I would, let, I think we can probably dump them down to the B tier. Very no, high B. Like B I can't disagree with that. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I think a lot of the things that got them into the A tier last time, whereas a lot of unknown quantities, I think the buggies list was doing quite well at the time. Um, naturally, like, if you want to talk about, you said um, Necrons killing orcs. They Necrons club buggies. Like, mm-hmm. buggies cannot shift 25 plus involved Necron warriors. Like, yeah. Could not do it. They go in. Oh, cool! I just get to move the Necrons for free because they just keep you know dying coming back. But uh, as for the Green Tide, like that does that, that, that can be a bit of interplay there. But I do I do like Necrons into Orcs pretty much all the time. On top of that, Marines just keep finding ways and means to crack pretty much anything that comes to the fore. And yeah, I think Orcs dropping off just makes a lot of sense at the moment. Next one up was the last one in the A tier. Might be the second last one in the A tier. Um, Death Guard. Yes, Death Guard. Co- so, um, firstly, I'll caveat this saying Codex imminent Death Guard. Very. Should have had, you know, without second wave, should have had Codex now. So, this, they were sitting in, like, at the tippy top of A pre Codex. So, interesting to see where they go from here. But what, what, are the, what do the stats say? The stats say they, they're, they're down, they're dropped. They're really? def- they're, uh, I would say they're a definitive B tier. And that's only because people can win with them. If you look purely yep. at numbers uh, outside of. Um, T-Whip and first round loss where they're, they still have decent results. Um, but post Marine, post Necrons, Death Guard have like, uh, they have a, they, their win rate just keeps getting lower and lower. It's um, at a RTT level, it's, or sorry, at a GT level, post Marines, 38% win rate. It's one of the worst. Um, it's, it's actually the worst of any faction um, that has any kind of numbers at a GT level. And then at an RTT level, um, if we look, Death Guard are sitting at 44, so so a little bit better. Um, they have still put up a couple of performances, but they're mostly um, they're like borderline Chaos Demon Nurgle lists, right? They're like a thousand and one points. Yeah. Death Guard. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so I would say that they are B tier solely off the fact that people can still win with them, but I think they've mm-hmm. been mostly solved. I think most of the community has figured out how to deal with them. They're too slow given what else has shown up. I, yeah, I just think that 
people figured out how to contain them and then just win a mission against them. I, yeah. I, the, the more you the more you play against them, the easier it becomes. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't have they don't have big plays yet. They still have ultra powerful units and combos. I mean, but uh, they are just the another previews? combo army when it boils down. Sorry. Yeah. Right now they are now, based off the previews. I yeah. think they're going to be terrifying though. Oh, absolutely! I think they're. I think they're going to be freaking phenomenal, um, especially into the, into a space marine matter. I just think they're exactly what we need right now. Uh, hopefully, they'll rebalance this quite considerably and be a bit of a foil for white scars because the minus one damage literally just turns off all bonuses you get from being white scars. Um, Man, all right, minus one damage, minus one toughness. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's anyway. saucy. Um, all right. So this this is a this is a faction that we did not even mention the last time we did this yeah, faction. Break. We forgot. Yeah. Freaking pertinent. Well, I don't think they had the numbers. There's, they didn't have enough people really playing didn't. it. Yeah, that's true. Um, Sisters of Freaking Battle, man. Tell me a story. Sisters of Battle are a definitive S tier army. Um, I agree. They, uh, and I think I mentioned them at the end of our last episode as being an S tier. Um, but yeah, they um, have 56% win rate. Um, which is just slightly better than Custodes, but they also have like the GT wins to back it up, the GT top fours, whereas Custodes tend to struggle that in that regard. Yeah. Um, they only got better with the Marine Codex drop because the Marine Codex drop made their special weapons all better. So now heavy, heavy bolters, <laughs> meltas. Um, we've seen like, a we've seen a shift in there in the um, the Sisters of Battle lists that had been doing well. Um, now re- retributor squads are everywhere before they were relatively rare. Um, now everybody's yeah. kind of running max retributor squads, at least three squads of five. Um, C- Celestians have kind of come into the, into the four as like, I just need more ways to carry special weapons. We're seeing yeah. people drop uh, Celestine to get um, uh, Junith in for reroll wounds. Um, plus the, the plus one to invuln, but a, like in a, on a slightly better body. Like there's just so much going on with them. Uh, and people are now that they're seeing more and more play. People are figuring out so much more you can do with miracle dice. Um, yeah, they're just they're, yeah, they are terrifying across the board. I, this is this is Adam's ring a ding big call anecdotal call of the day. I think they're the best army in the game. They're, I think they are the, the best army in the game. There's a lot that holds people back from getting. Well, firstly, I think the reason they went on this list last time is because uh, hobby lag. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenally hard to get to get a hold of any density of these models. Um, and they're being price gouged on the internet like you wouldn't freaking believe. Um, on top of that, uh, it's a very complex army to play. Very complex. Yeah. They, it feels like what GSC used to used to be, mm-hmm. as in whatever kind of uh, whatever kind of brass ring you need to reach, whatever is in your meta, you can find a combo within that book that lets you get there. You're right, and I think I think um, decision paralysis is the big issue with sisters and why they're not. Um, the best. I think that there's uh, some armies that um, you can just kind of head thump and beat sisters with right now because the sister you can give the sisters player too many, um, yeah, too many decisions. Like white scars are still like a very top tier army, um, and white scars while they are while they do have a lot of finesse to them, the decisions are easier, right? It's but- do, when, like when do I fall back rather than you know how, like when do I spend my eight miracle dice? Do I do it now? Do I <laughs> how do I change this three to a six? Yeah. When do I do this, etc. Yeah. Um, right, and and a lot of sisters players that I talk to, they love to be janky, and it's a beautiful thing. But it usually when you're janky, that's when you lose a game, unfortunately. Okay. Right, like okay. it's yeah, you get too focused on a combo, and then, and the then jank. yeah. Yeah, the jank giveth and the jank taketh away. Uh, moving on from there, though, salamanders. 
was like the the best army in the game last time we talked about this. So pre Codex, Salamanders was pretty much top or equal top with Harlequins. Mm. Yes. Um, where are they now? I would say they've dropped down to the A tier. Um, yeah. A numbers perspective, 52% win rate in RTTs. They're about a 45, 46 in GT level, but like people just almost completely stopped playing them at a GT level. There's only a few people that have kept them up. Um, they're still definitely an army you have to look out for. Um, they definitely can win an event still. Um, not to the same level as they used to. They took enough nerfs, a couple slight changes to their rules, um, a loss of a lot of the speed that they were taking in a couple of their units that um, people were kind of mad about you about has definitely hindered them um yeah Yeah, like there's just armies that play the best marine stuff better than they do now i agree i think that they've dropped off uh a hearty amount but not not game breaking by any chance like space marine like salamander players got no reason to be sad you're still an amazing faction yeah um next up we have harlequins Mm -hmm. so this this is yeah, this has not changed. <laughs> the fact is, they're still one of the best armies into Space Marines, and Space Marines, like you said, is thirty three percent of the meta. Yeah. Um, have, 60... have... Sorry, Sorry, go. go. No, I go. mean, they've got a sixty two percent win rate at an RTT level, sixty two percent win rate at a GT level against Marines. Like if I, if you look at uh, all Codex Marines, it's like a seventy three percent win rate in the faction versus faction. Jesus, um, when you have a seventy three percent win rate against the faction that makes up a third of all the armies that you could possibly yes. play against. You're just going to do well. Do they have mm-hmm. some bad matchups? Sure, kind of. They have a couple matchups that are that are bad, but no one's running them, or very few people are running them right now, and that gives them a big advantage. Absolutely, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, the Harlequins just seem to have it all at the moment, they're, but they're another house of cards. Like they're, I put them in the, in the same realms as as Admech. If they if they copped any kind of nerf to a couple of their different their key things, like they lose the minus one. Uh, to win bubble, they mean lose the minus six inches bubble. Um, they they could just have have a wholesale collapse. But as of right now, it's the golden age of the clowns, baby. Get get on if you're not if you are a budding Harlequin player, you've you've picked your moment. Enjoy because uh, they were absolute dumpster fire for a long long time. Yep, and now they are shit stompers extraordinaire. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, big baddie. The, the essentially what we would consider to be the boogeyman, the white scars. Where uh, any shift whatsoever? Not really. Like their numbers. Um, have stayed about the same. 55-ish percent win rate at GT level. Um, not a lot of GTs, of course. I keep saying it, but I got to keep repeating it. RTT, yeah. I think they think they've bumped up to almost a 58. Um, so like they are definitely the best performing um, Space Marine faction. Yeah, 57.29% in RTTs. Um, and that's over 400 games. So it's not a small amount. Um they are, we talked earlier about how Knights uh, perform so well uh, when they win. White Scars are, are up there as well. Really only Slanesh Demons anywhere near their numbers. Um, with a, They're running an 81 um, Imperial Knights at an 80, or was it Imperial? Yeah, Imperial Knights were at a, an 84. Um, White Scars at an 81. Only Slanesh at like an 89 when they win a game is better. <laughs> that's, that's actually terrifying. Like, it's actually yeah. crazy. To think, yeah, that if you let's say you're not an RTT and you win three games, the most likely score you're going to be at is around 240 points for the event. That's actually yeah. kind of crazy. Um, it's nuts. Uh, all right, I didn't expect that you must talk about white scars, they're still incredible, they're going to stay incredible. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Next one is demons. Now, just keep in mind, sorry, that when we do get to the S tier, there aren't in any particular order. When you're as when you are in these super good realms, are super good, um, you're super good. There's nothing else yeah. to say, there's no rating these. Some of these do stand out. 
against yeah. each other, however. Um, and Demons, I feel like, are one of the best poised, best positioned armies in the game. Yes, and that has definitely not changed. Um, Chaos Demons sit about a, just shy of a 60% win rate as a whole, if you look at like all of the, the different versions. And that's with like crappy corn demons mixed in. They're still at a 60. So, And it's not that corn is that crappy. They do have their place, just not a lot of them. Um, but like if you look at like the Slanesh builds, they're doing super well at a GT level. They're in like the 70th percentile for win rate. Um, mixed builds, just just over 60. They're like at 64, 65. They're really only being dropped down by some like unique, you know, the mono corn, mono zinch lists. But they, like demons are just so strong. Um, they do play decently well. In, and I think that what you said earlier is uh, very important, how they play into each other. If you look at like the matchups, demons into white scars into harlequins this kind of trifecta of s tier armies um and you can add um sisters of battle like um harlequins uh demons and and white scars kind of like a 50 percent win rate against each other like almost yeah. exactly um yeah. sisters is a little different sisters do tend to struggle into white scars they do tend to rock the socks of demons um, they absolutely demolish demons i can tell you yeah. from experience yeah. So that's that's kind of where the differential is there. So you can see there's like the those like demons, uh, scars, and uh, harlequins play very evenly into each other. They have very like they're all very fast armies for the most part with strong midboard uh, bullies if you want to call them that. Um, yep. And then you have sisters which play very differently, and so they can struggle into one army, but just absolutely raffle stomp uh, demons. So let's just let's just run this through uh, from bottom to top as we do, and just give you guys a little recap on where things are sitting right now. So starting at the bottom, this is our C tier. We have Crawford Elder, ha! Uh, we have Tau, Guard, Chaos Space Marines, uh, Imperial Knights, Grey Knights, Imperial Fists, and T Suns making up our C tier. It's got a few more additions in it than it did last time, but um, admittedly, the T Suns weren't even on the list before, were they? Not really, no. They they'd had very few performances, and really, it's just by adding in this this all this RTT data that we're able to say, yeah, it does look like they're just not good. If you run the majority, if you're just taking yeah. Magnus or Ariman, it's not so bad. But <laughs> you're doing fine. But the the Grand Nuts and Imperial Fists are the big big dropouts there. Um, into the yes. B tier, what do we got there? Uh, B tier, we've got um, Blood Angels, which we have that asterisk beside. A lot of people think they're good. I think they're fantastic, but we they're haven't amazing. seen any results. So, mm -hmm. the, so far, whoever, you, all you people that are still going to events and bringing Blood Angels, stop sucking. Um, <laughs> I think there's been like one really good RTT result out of Blood Angels, but like whoever that was, keep that up and everybody else stop going to events. Um, we have Drukari, which I believe initially we said were C tier. I think we've got them really low B tier right now. You can make the argument yeah. either way. Um, they have they have decent RTT numbers at a little, like a fifty two percent win rate, um, but they're like a very solid three and two army that I don't know how you get to four and one with. Um, so that's where that's where the struggle comes. Do you put them in B or C? Um, orcs, we've dropped them down to B tier. They're still getting the occasional really solid result, but the uh, Necron Codex drop and the changes to Space Marines have really made it hard for them to put up the big numbers yeah. they did like at the beginning of the edition. Um, Death Guard, big old drop. Their win rates had always been relatively low given like how they had performed, but they've just like kind of started to drop like a rock. Um, yeah. they can still do it, but it's it takes a very firm hand. And like you said, they're very combo-y. If the combo doesn't go off, they just die. They're very slow. But 
new codex makes them look absolutely terrifying. I cannot imagine absolutely. them staying being for yeah, like I can't week. imagine staying there. I can't imagine staying there at all. Um, um, sorry, we got? we got Space Wolves um, once again somehow getting worse when they get their uh, codex <laughs> twice in as a row. Is, as is a tradition. As is tradition. Um, <laughs> The joke there, folks, was that in uh, 8th edition, when I was doing these stats, the, the Space Wolves were the only faction that got worse after their codex dropped. Um, and that seems to be staying the same. Um, Tyranids, uh, kind of firmly in B now, really good solid with the Dimacaron lists. Uh, Gene Stealer Cults, we've started to see some Hand Flamer spam. Uh, Jackal spam still seems to possibly get you to 4 and one so there, there's light at the end of the tunnel there. Um, and Renegade Knights, because when they go first, they can beat Space Marines. They smash. Yep. So into our A tier, we have uh, Black Templars and Raven Guard. Then we have Ultramarines, Iron Hands, Dark Angels, Salamanders, Custodes, Admech, and Necrons. Now, Necrons have jumped up from C tier straight mm-hmm. into the A. Straight into the ace, very solid in the A to A plus. Same thing for Dark Angels as well. They were the C tier also. Um, Raven Guard only just and Templars have only just put up enough results that they're relevant at all. In fact, Peter wanted me to put an asterisk next to Templars and saying literally A tier because of Ben Sherwin because he's gone to four GTs and he, he's like T ripped all four. Yeah, yeah, almost like he's 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 like four and one literally every event he's taken his Black Templar to. Which yeah. I mean, if you know how to use Devout Push. Um, you're definitely going to screw over at least several bunny rabbits in the course of a, an event. So. Absolutely. On top of that, um, it, it's they're just still space brains, and they're space brains that dodge the issue of having to take a, a psycho and not get a ball the witch, but in exchange you get an incredible litany tree. You're not really giving up much. Exactly. So I think I think Templars are actually a, a massive sleeper. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I have uh, six thousand points of Templars, but I might be. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> We also have uh, Iron Hands sitting very solid there. They haven't really changed much. Iron Hands, I think, are, are pretty eternal in the ways they go about playing the game. They're always going to stay pretty consistent. Salamanders have been a big dropout. They were sitting um, as literally probably the best, most polarized mm-hmm. and um, crazy-ass list that we had going into the last faction um, ladder. And now they're, they're sitting pretty middling in the A tier, which is it's probably right where they deserve to be. Um, Custodies can't break through that glass that glass ceiling that seems to have been installed there when the... Uh, <laughs> the STA kind of got written, but um, they're still very good. And the same goes for Admech. They seem to be just incapable of breaking through to being a true dominant faction. They just always seem to have some bad matchups. Um, but yeah, that is our A tier. What can you tell us about the S tier, brother? Well, the S tier is now four factions, and um, these really are like the cream of the crop. Um, there's no, ar- I don't think you can argue that, that these aren't the best armies in the game. Um, Harlequins, uh, best win rate across the board, best basically every stat you can think of, um, post-marine yeah. codex, um, right behind them, chaos demons. When they win, they win so big and they don't lose by a lot. Um, board control is so good. Slash demons so fast. Big bird, so hard to kill. Um, Adeptus Sororitas, the Sisters of Battle, um, they gained, They were already a borderline S-tier army, if not S-tier the last time we did this. Um, the bonuses they've gotten to all their special weapons just puts them way over the top now. And then White Scars. Um, when Marines, like 90% of Marine factions are an A-tier army, um, the best Marine faction um, is going to be S-tier. So it's just how it is. I thought you couldn't have said that better when, yeah, when there's literally, of that Space Marines Codex, um, there's one in C-tier. There's only Imperial Fister in C-tier just because they are non-functional as a chapter. There's, there's no reason to take Imperial Fister, but it's just too too much work to make the, the meal taste good, so to speak. Exactly. Um, we, do, we do have Blood Angels and Space Wolves sitting in the B-tier. I expect Space Wolves to stay there, but we, I think we're both in agreement that Blood Angels will see some change there. And I expect them to, to hit, well, 
they'll hit, they'll be a minimum. Whether they hit the S, we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, the overall majority of Space Marines sit solidly in the ATR. I don't expect that to change either. Um, so yeah, I agree. The best of the, that bunch, the best of that codex that has seven freaking eight freaking factions however many factions it has in it is probably going to sit the s tier and uh the fact is white scars are pretty perpetually good they have been perpetually good for the last two years pretty much haven't they yeah like um basically since just post lvo there was a lot of talk about um the quote-unquote yolo white scars list that nick Nanabadi and nick rose <laughs> yeah. took to lvo um yep. that just didn't quite cut the mustard uh you know uh not losing to chaos knights in like round three and dropping rose going Five yep. uh, five zero, and then losing in a sixth game, so he didn't make it to the the shadow, uh, the shadow round. Um, so like it, it was already kind of a legit list because of its uh, marine uh, marine matchup, and um, like ninth edition just shot it over the top of everybody else, really. So absolutely right. And now they, the white scars have now survived two other chapters, so they they were probably equal with Iron Hands and Salamanders in their raw power, and now mm-hmm. Salamanders have been nerfed, and we know Iron Hands received several rounds of nerf, nerfs. White Scars seem to be the perpetual one right now, um, sitting at the top of the pile. But that's it. That's our updated stats for the last three months. So, uh, admittedly, guys, this isn't as in-depth as I want these to be. Hopefully, this is just... Um, Warm, still in the warming up stages of what I want these episodes to be, but hopefully that gave you some insights into what the meta looks like. I certainly think that some of our like C and B tier could be mixed around. I admit that, like with more sufficient data, we could see significant swings um, from there to there. A tier, I think, is solid. Some might drop out, some might add in, but I expect most of them to stay there. But I don't think I think our S tier. I don't think there's much argument about you that. Is there? You can't argue the ST. Like the thing about this right now, and the reason why we can't go as in depth as even I want to, really, is is just the Rona, right? Like I love to talk T Whip, and I could put together all sorts of awesome like like uh, averages and such for all of these factions if this was a year ago. Um, but where we're at right now, where we're really relying a lot on RTT results, we're relying on like practice game results from ITC Battles app, um, looking at TTS results even sometimes just to kind of get a feel. And I shouldn't laugh because it is a bit of a legit format, but it's just like um, there's just only so much we can do um, while we wait. And um, yeah, so hopefully next year, once these vaccines roll out, when some uh, we can start to see some you know top name players attend a lot more events. We'll see kind of how things kind of firm up in that middle to bottom area, um, because like like you said, I think the top is pretty firm. Um, yeah, possibly Blood Angels can spike up into there, um, but we haven't seen it yet. So, no, exactly right. So I think we'll we'll probably leave it there. People, uh, please come and join us over on the, the part two. We're going to be talking a little bit more anecdotally on the part two, giving us our impressions of uh, different factions where we think they're going to sit as of the next in the next three months, where we think they're going to settle and uh, what we expect to change. And we're going to be doing a bit of theory crafting based on the information we have at our ha- on our hands and really talking about some of the moves and shakers through this one. Uh, I've actually really want to focus in a little bit more and unpack kind of uh, Death Guards fall from grace and the glass ceilings that seem to be attached to Admech and Custos. I feel like those will be some good talking points, hopefully, for you guys. And um, um, yeah, hopefully, you'll join us over there. Thank you very much, Peter, for your incredible brain. Thank you again to BCP and to Joshua Diffie for giving us that big data dump from everything that's been gathered over the past three months. But, my man, anything you want to add on the way out? No. <laughs> Not even a caca? I gave you one at the beginning. Come on, man. What do you, you think? Actually, I you actually didn't. You actually didn't. And I remember you didn't. You said hello. You just, you just, you gave me nothing, man. Like, just, just talking to a wall for like the last hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> now, um, 
but yeah, dude, thank you very much. Please join Peter and I for the uh, the Las Vegas Open happening at the end of January. Super excited about that. A lot more information will be coming out soon. But yeah, Peter, please tell us a little bit about what you do and where people can find you, hopefully, soon when things go back to normal. Sure. So um, where you can find me, really right now, the only thing I do relatively regularly is I do the 40K adjacent show over at The Honest Wargamer every Tuesday. For me, it's four in the morning uh, when I wake up to get that on the go. Um other than that, I do man 40kstats.com. It's a website where you can track all GT-level data and above. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of GTs going on. Um, and in the meantime, I'm, uh, like we've said at the top of the show, really spending all my time setting up this uh, Las Vegas and Open. we got kind of a, a small window to make this happen, and I want it to be good for everyone. Yeah, I really want it to be as big as as amazing as it could have possibly been. Get some pageantry going, get some get some zing and some feeling of adventures. You know, we want people to feel like they can be involved and have something special at the end of the ITC season, and hopefully, starting a much 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 better one. But, dude, thank you again, Peter. Um, please, uh, for those at home, please join us over on part two, either via Patreon or via the Art of War Forty uh, K dot com website. And uh, yeah, we'll see you there, guys. Hopefully, this has been a good episode, and you've enjoyed getting stuck into the faction ladder with us. Bye-bye. Give me a second. Where's the caca? God damn it. The bye-bye. That's my that's my other go-to. Ah. Oh, <laughs> Good night. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.